Welcome to AFT in Action, a podcast for members of AFT Connecticut-affiliated local unions. We're approximately 30,000 working people in the public and private sectors, teachers and school support staff, nurses and healthcare workers, higher education faculty and public employees in nearly 90 unions across the state. The series provides a deeper dive into issues impacting our members and our movement as part of AFT Connecticut's engagement and communications efforts. Welcome, sisters and brothers, to another episode of AFT in Action. My name is Jan Hockadell, your State Fed President, and I'm once again co-hosting this latest episode. Today we will be discussing the struggle to restore the maternity services that have been shut down at the Wyndham Community Memorial Hospital, and we'll talk about the engagement and the impact on the community. I'm so pleased to have Sherry Dayton, a 15-year veteran nurse with me, who is the long-term president of the Bacchus Federation of Nurses and our newly elected Divisional Vice President for Healthcare at AFT Connecticut. Sherry, welcome, and tell us how you became an activist in your union. My community hospital, Bacchus, uh, was taken over by a big corporation, Harford Healthcare. Things started changing, and not for the better. Benefits um, got taken away, uh, workers' pay did not get adjusted to the market, um, and profits became very apparent, more important than our patients. Um, this motivated me to get involved in my union to fight back. Um, I started off as delegate, then the secretary, and then I moved up to the president. And Sherry, about a year ago, you led your union on a two-day strike against Bacchus Hospital. Can you tell us what it's like to fight against such a big corporation for the good of your members and for the good of the community? Fighting a healthcare giant like Harvard Healthcare is not easy. Um, I was amazed by our members' ability to come together and how the community stepped alongside us to um, stand with us and fight the injustices. Um, we were able to win a lot. We were able to... Um, improve our contract so we were able to keep nurses with us and also to recruit good nurses with us. So in the last two decades we have seen almost all of the hospitals here in Connecticut taken over by these large companies such as Yale and Hartford Healthcare, which was the case for Wyndham Community Memorial Hospital in 2008. And despite the massive community opposition, Hartford Healthcare shut down the intensive care unit in 2015. And then in 2018, they cut the hospital off the physician's network and began diverting maternity care out of the area. So not surprisingly, the hospital is now claiming low birth rates. Unfortunately, this is another example of profits before patients. This community has a need for intensive care and maternity. The shifting of services to another facility is a hardship on this community despite what Harvard Healthcare states. Other hospitals, such as Bacchus, um, has had to take on the, that patient load. Our ICU and maternity is already overwhelmed at times. Um, it's Harvard Healthcare's way to expect um, more with less resources so they can improve their profits. Patients are having difficult times with transportation to get to these services, and then families are having difficult times visiting um, people at their further away hospitals. It shouldn't have to be that you have to go 30 to 45 minutes away to get quality health care. Thank you for all you're doing and agreeing to co-host with me. And today we are joined by Leah Rawls, who is a former AFT Connecticut member, and she was a social worker in the judicial branch. And it was that work that helped her create community ties with many local advocacy groups like Access Community Action Agency. Leah is now serving her third term as the president of the Wyndham Willimantic NAACP. So welcome, Leah. Well, thank you. It's good to be here, Jan. Hello, Sherry. It's good to see you. 
So Leah, before we get to our members' questions about the crisis at Wyndham Hospital, can you share a bit about your career in social work and with the judicial branch and how that led to your current focus on racial and economic justice? I worked for the Public Defender's Office at Danielson Court for over 20 years. And in that position, I developed an appreciation for the plight of people of all races, but particularly for the people of color because of the obvious and not so obvious levels of inequities and oppression that we face on a daily basis. These inequities are directly related to health care, housing, employment, education, environment, and of course, issues related to police interaction. Leah, that is such important work. The issues of racism and poverty have gotten much needed attention in the recent years. Can you please share some of the specific issues your NAACP branch has taken on? You know, the whole George Floyd situation really put issues on the table um, and issues for us to be concerned about and to be aware of, but also to work through and not just constantly fight, fight, fight. There has to be some level of communication and ability to work together with your local police department um, to address those issues. We're working on developing a community review board, um, which there are many across the nation, uh, but the community review board is a body uh, to accept complaints regarding policing, and then to work on those issues with the police department to improve community relations. We've been working with the teachers, specifically Randall Prost, who is an AFT member, uh, to bring educational information to our students um, as it relates to race relations, communication about race, and history related to race. Um, recently, we've developed a program called Dream Big. In Dream Big, we bring professionals of color to the classroom. And during COVID, we were doing that on Zoom. So um, we would invite members of our Speakers Bureau to address the class and talk about their journey as it relates to their, their um, profession and <clears throat> talk about any type of uh, discrimination that they may have experienced and how they overcame that discrimination to continue um, pursuing their dreams. We felt this was important because it helps the students to um, have a, an example of someone who looks like them. And um, it helps them to know that there are ways to overcome these hurdles that are placed in front of you. Also, our Environmental Justice Committee has been extremely busy fighting the potential building of a fracked gas facility in Killingly, Connecticut. Um, the committee has had educational forums, um, caravan protests at the governor's mansion, and chance opportunities to chat with Governor Lamont at various events here in town uh, to talk about the detriment to the community that this type of facility will have in terms of increasing health issues uh, in an already 
uh, unhealthy community, and particularly the asthma rate and, and killingly is particularly high. Um, and where this facility is planned, um, the residual in the air will directly affect the lower income community. The Economic Development Committee, which I like to talk about because I pretty much uh, run that department, um, we've been working with the unions in the state. We worked hard to bring the project labor agreement to the renovation of the high school here in Wyndham County um, with the unions, the building trades. And I'm very pleased and proud to say that we've had 10 graduates of the pre-apprenticeship program. Uh, those 10 graduates are residents of this community, and they will be working on the renovation of the high school. They will continue their education uh, once the contract starts. Leah, that's fantastic. You are doing incredible work. Let's now talk about the crisis at Wyndham Hospital. Can you share how your NAACP branch uh, got involved with the coalition working to undo Hartford HealthCare's cruel, cruel cuts? What an atrocity. They have made a decision to eliminate a very necessary medical service in our community without even discussing it with the community, without hearing my voice, without hearing my neighbor's voice, without hearing your voice or your neighbor's voice. And it set me off in a tizzy. And I decided that um, I was going to have a huge protest in front of the hospital. In doing that, I spoke to my um, health care committee, of which Brenda Buckbinder, a member of AFT, is on. And of course, they talked me off the ledge. And we decided to go about it in a little bit more of a diplomatic way. And <clears throat> Brenda designed a petition sheet. And we decided that we would hit the streets during the pandemic getting signatures and educating people. The next step was we decided to attend protest corner um, with We the People because that's, a, that's an opportunity to bring an issue to the community. Uh, and there I ran into Arvin Shaw, who is the CEO of Generations. And just so happens, he was down there to get support for this same issue. So, and then there was represent, State Representative Susan Johnson. She, of course, was down there to get support for the same issue. So the three of us began to talk, and you know me, go straight to the source. Call the hospital, let's get a meeting. And we met with the hospital, and it was not a good meeting. It was not a good meeting. And their response to, why didn't you consult the community? was far from acceptable. And I had to let them know that um, we had decided that we were going to join forces and work towards getting our maternity unit back. One of the many ways your branch showed real leadership was the community forum you helped organize this past winter. What was the motivation behind that key event? Well, the motivation was that meeting because we all walked out of there just like like blown away. Like, did this just really happen? I mean, 
don't get me wrong, I understand the medical concerns that they are talking about. They don't have a neonatal unit. They don't have proper OBGYN coverage. They don't have anesthesiologists. I get all that. But my point with them was, and why didn't you put the money into our hospital to make sure that happened? Don't tell me you don't have it. Tell me why you didn't spend money in our hospital. So I walked out of that meeting just like blown away that there was never even a thought to increase services at Wyndham Hospital and that the only thought was to, to decrease services at Wyndham Hospital. We decided it was time to bring the community in and that the five of us as activists could not be the only ones who knew that this was happening. That we had to tell, as I said earlier, our neighbors, our taxpayers, our political representatives. I didn't even know if they knew that it was happening in their own backyard. That's when we decided um, to host the educational forum. So it was not a debate environment, it was an educational environment for the community. Leah, you're an amazing activist, and as a former AFT union member, what advice do you have for us as labor leaders to engage other activists in this really important struggle? We are the workers, we're on the front line, we know what's happening, um, and we know what the results of corporate decisions are and how they affect the quality of work that we can do. So I think it's extremely important for unions to stay involved with activist work and to be vocal. Finally, let's talk about the next steps in this struggle. What, what should we be preparing for in the next weeks and months ahead? The members of the coalition, NAACP, AFT, uh, the Office of Health, Universal Healthcare, We the People of Northeast Connecticut, Planned Parenthood, NARAL, and many other concerned agencies are in the process of preparing for the Certificate of Need hearing through the Department of Health. We are anticipating that they will be notifying us within a few days of that hearing date. We are encouraging members of AFT and the community to prepare testimony. As this is going to be a virtual event, uh, it will not um, hinder people from participating. We are hoping that um, we have enough people signed up to keep this hearing going all night long because we really need to make an impression upon the Department of Health that this is creating, as my, my friend and our friend Brenda Buckbinder always says, it's creating a healthcare desert in the northeast corner. You know, we have the support of the local um, town boards of Wyndham, Mansfield, Ashford, and Coventry. They've either voted on a resolution or written a letter to the Department of Health and to Harvard Healthcare about the importance of this 
topic and of keeping the uh, maternity care at our hospital. Um, so we don't plan on slowing down. We are planning on ramping it up even further. We've had visibility at the Boombox Parade on July 4th here in Willimantic. We're asking for signatures on the petitions. We've been at the Latin Fest, which was held at the Shabu stage in Willimantic. We've been at the Food Co-op on Valley Street in Willimantic. Been at the post office. We've also been at Wyndham Hospital um, on the side street, so not, not blocking any entrance or exits of the hospital. Leah, you are just amazing. Thank you for joining us today and for answering our members' questions. We appreciate your voice and your advocacy for the community and really just as that health equity champion for us. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. Um, I hope that we are successful in this venture because it's important. It's important to keep our health care at home. Absolutely. And thank you, Sherry, for co-hosting and engaging in this discussion with Leah and really for taking on the healthcare council leadership role in the middle of this pandemic. I appreciate the opportunity to be here um, and partner with my brother and sisters in the union and with the NWACP on this very important issue. And finally, I want to thank all of our listeners. I hope you enjoyed the discussion and that you will join us next time when we will be discussing the issue that is impacting all of our school-related personnel and paraeducators, particularly in this pandemic's fourth wave. I would really love to hear your thoughts. Please send comments by email to actnetreply at aftct.org. That's A-C-T-N-E-T-R-E-P-L-Y at sign aftct.org. Or you can leave me a voice message by dialing 860-257-9782 and asking for extension 116. That's 860-257-9782, extension 116. And again, thank you all for listening. That's a wrap for this latest edition of AFT in Action. Additional episodes are available at our Podbean page and social media channels, all of which can be found at aftct.org. Like what you heard? Then share with fellow members and encourage they give it a listen too and help build the power of the UNI in union.